Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. So while the church is celebrating Advent, the world is getting ready to celebrate Christmas. In some ways, they kind of go together, although Advent isn't just a preparation to celebrate the nativity of our Lord, but also his return in glory. But as we remain in the world and not just in the church, a lot of what happens outside these walls influences our thinking. And so we watch a lot of the same television shows and listen to the same Christmas songs. And certainly as we turn on our televisions and watch things like The Grinch Who Stole Christmas or Charlie Brown Christmas Festival, we might see a version on television of Charles Dickens' famous book, A Christmas Carol. Scrooge and Fezziwig and Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim and, of course, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And I was thinking about the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future because in some ways this idea of something coming in the past and again in the present and in the future is in all three of our scripture readings for this morning. Except that in this case, it's Jesus and it happens in reverse order. Jesus comes first in the future in our Old Testament lesson, in the present in our epistle, and in the past in our last reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. So without further ado, and paraphrasing the ghost of Christmas present, come in and know Jesus better, man. Let's start with Jesus of the past. And a parade. The parade of Palm Sunday. The parade of Jesus mounting on the back of a donkey and processing into God's capital city, the city of Jerusalem. Now, I've always liked the fact that Advent starts with a parade because this is, outside of these walls, also the great season of parades. Sophia and I watched the Santa Claus Christmas Parade in Orleans last night, almost froze our toes off. Makes me wonder whether we should move Christmas into the summer, at least for the sake of Canada. But we've got the Montreal Christmas Parade. We've got the Toronto Christmas Parade. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York happened this week. Parades, parades, parades. There's something about a parade and this time of year that just naturally go together. And so we have this procession of Jesus into Jerusalem. And we've got all the people by the sides of the road laying down their cloaks because it's not Canada. And it's warm enough that you can do that. Cutting down palm branches, laying them down in the middle of the road as Jesus makes his triumphal procession. There's even a Christmas carol. Zion's daughters sing for joy, shout aloud, O Jerusalem, lo, thy king now comes to thee, yes, he comes, the Prince of Peace. The old German Advent carol is what we're reminded of here in this triumphal procession. And this is how Jesus first came to us in the flesh. Humble, riding on a donkey, intent on saving his people. So come, walk with this Jesus of the past and know him better. That brings us, of course, to our epistle lesson. And if the gospel was about a Christmas parade in the past, then the epistle is about what we're wearing at Christmas now, in the present. 
The night is far gone, Paul says. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Christmas clothing. What are you going to wear for the parade? What are you going to wear for the big party? Let us walk properly, Paul says, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Jesus of the present is about how we live in the here and now. Jesus is with us in order that we might put on much better clothing than the clothing we had before. And yet the reality is we tend to always want to go back to the old clothes, to the old parties, to the old traditions, instead of putting on this new thing that God has brought us in his son. It's always been a problem. It was a problem for the slaves when they were delivered out of Egypt to the promised land. The minute they got out and were given new clothes to wear and a new future, they whined and they complained. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Moses recorded, grumbled against him and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." We are always a little bit like those delivered slaves, aren't we? Yes, Jesus has delivered us from slavery, but there's always the old Adam in us that keeps wanting to go back to the way things were in the darkness, to take off the Lord Jesus Christ and put on provisions for the flesh, to join in the parades that celebrate the flesh pots of Egypt, as the old English translation used to put it to join in demonstrations of anger and fear and despair where it's not Santa at the end of the parade, but Satan. But you and I have been delivered, delivered by our king who rode humbly into Jerusalem to save us and will be coming back for us. How can we go back to the orgies and drunkenness and quarreling and jealousy of the past to the meat pots of Egypt when Jesus is now with us here in the present, delivering us out of slavery and giving us new Christmas clothes to wear. Owe no one anything, Paul says, except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Those would be very difficult words if it wasn't for the Jesus of the present who already gives us all good things here and now. And so if you walked with Jesus in the past, also walk with Jesus and know that he is walking with you now and know him better. Which, of course, brings us to the last Jesus. If you remember the Christmas carol, we had the visit from the spirit of Christmas past and then Christmas present and then the scariest one of all, the ghost of Christmas future. And so too, the Jesus of the future could be very scary. And for a great deal 
many people in the world, this is the Jesus they are least excited to meet. Do you remember how the Christmas carol goes when Scrooge finally meets that very last ghost? Ghost of the future, he exclaims. I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? Advent was first that parade into Jerusalem of our king. And then Jesus alive in our hearts and minds today. But it will finally be Jesus' final advent when he comes to take us to himself. The Jesus of the future is only frightening if we have not placed confidence in the present, in the Jesus who went into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey in the past. That's the only time when Jesus of the future becomes frightening. If we cling to the Jesus of the past in our present now, we have nothing to fear, and in fact might be looking well forward to the coming of that Jesus in the future. And yet, there are even a great deal of Christians who are afraid of the Jesus of the future because they have not known him as the one who locks alongside them as their crucified and risen Lord here and now. There's a new movie out, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, about the life of Mr. Fred Rogers. Some of us are of that generation who watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood on TV. Some of you I know have not. But Fred Rogers was a Presbyterian pastor before he was anything else. A Christian, supposedly, soaked in the scriptures and in this Jesus of the Gospels, constantly teaching people about the Jesus of the present, that love is the fulfillment of the law. And yet at the very end of his life, the last question that he had on his lips for his wife were, was, am I a sheep? Am I a sheep? It's that easy to miss the Jesus of the present, the Jesus who comes to deliver us, not merely to lay burdens on our shoulders, but to lift those burdens and bear them himself. God willing, there was a good Christian pastor there to console Fred in his dying moments and say, well, Fred, was Jesus the son of David? Did he ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey for you? Did he suffer death on the cross that you might be delivered from death? Did he redeem you from sin? And did he defeat Satan for you once and for all? To meet confidently the Jesus of the future is to know these things about the Jesus of the past, here and now in the present. And when we know that Jesus rightly as our Redeemer, we're able to see the Jesus of the future that Isaiah speaks about in our Old Testament lesson with joy and not with fear. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, but those are not things, this law and the word. It is a person. 
It is Jesus. For as Isaiah says, he, not it, but he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. And so walk confidently into the future with this Jesus and know him better. The church year, you see, is about Jesus in the way that Dickens' story was about Scrooge. And we could just as easily call the church year a Jesus carol. Because that's what it is from the beginning of Advent, which we celebrate today, all the way through to the last Sunday of the church year. Each and every Sunday is about the Christ of the past who is with us in the present and is preparing for us a future. The same Jesus who sends now his spirit not to visit us with terrors, but to take up residence in our hearts who causes us to walk in light and not in darkness, who will come again at the end of time to lead us in one last parade, the parade that really matters, the one up at the mountain of God, the mountain of peace, to be with him forever, to live there with Jesus and know him so much better. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.